All right, so we're we gonna clap. Yeah, we're gonna clap. We have to clap. All right, ready? One, yeah, two. You're gonna, so it's gonna be one, two, clap, right? Yeah, yeah, just like the last two times. All right, ready? <laughs> you're listening to the No Name Photo Show. It's not spouse approved. It may or may not be safe for work. We'll see. And now here's your host, Brian Matias, and me, Sharky James. So, Brian, episode three. Amazing. Things are going well, right? Uh, Unbelievably well. And uh, we're just we're really happy to have everyone over here. So if you guys haven't yet hit the subscribe button, that way you don't miss an episode. That's right. And we actually have a a new our website is is, it's there. No name photo show dot com. And no content website show. (laughs) Yeah. Don't 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 freak out about the kind of lack of stuff there. It's coming, but there is a subscribe page. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. But every episode that um, we uh, put out, especially with the show notes, are going to be there. So in future episodes and even the first two and this third one, uh, you can go back and we'll include show notes and links uh, so that you can get better ideas of what we're talking about. All the usual podcast stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're not pioneers. <laughs> you guys know the drill now. <laughs> so, Sharky. Yes. You remember in the last episode, episode two, it was episode two, right? Where I talked I mean, about. I think so. Yeah. I was kind of like getting bored of. If it wasn't, it was, I'm guessing, probably episode one. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we have to dig deep in our episode vault. So, I was saying how I was getting bored of browsing Instagram because it's just like, Sunset shot, northern light shot, waterfall yeah. shot with, you know, girl with her arms up in the air. <laughs> Triumphant <laughs> because she reached the top. Right. She 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 got to Multnomah Falls with the rest <laughs> of the millions upon millions of people. She Now, granted, she drove most of the way and went the last hundred feet from the parking lot and was triumphant about it. Well, that's the, and that's the irony is that <laughs> <laughs> with Multnomah Falls, you're parking and you're walking a hundred feet and you're at the waterfall. There's literally what six steps to take to get to the to the view main viewing thing. But of course, there's trails. My point is that you know I brought it up and it, still you know I thought about it a lot because I don't want to just complain or just say something without giving a, an alternative or like what I think gets me excited. And so I thought, let's okay, let's let's put some wood behind the arrow here. If I'm saying how these photos are uninspired, and I'm not saying that they're uninspired, like that the photographer who took them isn't excited as they should be, but as a like I said, as a consumer, I wasn't. It just is falling flat on Petapixel. I was browsing the other day in Feedly, which is my like RSS aggregator. The title of the article is "Flight Attendants Photos Show Life in a Virgin America Crew." So Virgin America is an airline here. You ever flown them, Sharky? I have not but that was created by richard branson the billionaire you know the whole virgin atlantic virgin this virgin the virgin galactic he's gonna go to space someday and the failed virgin records but we won't talk about that's true um you just did yeah but uh yeah Yeah. just go anyway so virgin america was actually bought out by alaska airlines and they are in the process of shuttering that brand alaska is and so this flight attendant who i guess has had a, a the photography bug i think virgin america actually asked to work with her. her name is molly choma from portland oregon which is where i just moved from you loved it so much you left it sometimes you have if you love something you have to let it go <laughs> did she catch that photography bug in the cabin by the way of the plane because you know oh, you can catch a lot of stuff there right uh audience right, first, i am so joke. sorry so sorry for that <laughs> I, I, I told him limit to one dad joke per episode done <laughs> yeah 
your quota has been met. So if you go through it, and again, these this link will be in the show notes. I'm just scrolling through these these photos, and the thing about flight attendants is, for the most part, they kind of, when you're flying, they kind of fall into the background of the trip, right? Until you need them. They're just kind of doing their thing every now and then their voice comes on. But I can honestly say that it never came across to me to like document like flight attendants. And looking through the vi- these photos, I love it. It just shows what could be, you know, the mundane part of a trip to the more of the human element, the human aspect of it. I don't know. To me, when I saw this, this got me excited. This is like, it's not like it's anything like, you know, no one's going to win any sort of awards for beautiful jaw dropping waterfall. But in terms of telling a story and revealing a kind of slice of life that I think goes overlooked, especially with how many millions of of flyers every day. I think this is really cool. Well, it's not just seeing aspects of something that maybe you're familiar with, but you don't know all the nitty gritty. Like every industry has its own lingo, its own procedures, etc. And there's a lot of things that you're not privy to that you're seeing in these photos and you're getting access that you don't necessarily you know, have access to. And the good point here is everyone, no matter what kind of job you do, you could be a mom, you could be whatever, you could document your child's life you know, a lot of people just let life go by, like, right? You know, like, I'm a busy guy, you're a busy guy. And there's times where I wished I had taken more photographs of my wife and kids sure, and things in my life that I hadn't. So if you're more mindful of these things and create a project for yourself, and you might not even show it to anybody, and it really doesn't matter. Photographs are meant to be seen, but you don't have to show them to anybody. And a lot of people put pressure on themselves. If I do a photo project, I'm going to have to put it online like these 365 day projects. That's a lot of pressure for people. Yeah. You know, where's day 217? What happened then? I don't know. Doesn't really matter. It just doesn't. (laughs) It was probably just like day 216 and day 218. You know, it's if you didn't think to take a picture of Fluffy that day, whatever. You survived. Fluffy survived. Uh, well, we have to check out day 218 or whatever and see if Fluffy survived. I'm assuming that he did. Let's hope so. Poor Fluffy. You know, you might be an engineer. There's all kinds of things that you could photograph, and you don't have to bring a big traditional camera with you. I've got that Sony RX100 Mark IV. Overpriced yeah. camera. Overpriced, yeah. but a great camera for what it is. I mean, it's got a Zeiss 24-70 to in it, right? Yep. 2.8. Yep. Is it a constant 2.8? I can't remember. Uh, I think it is. It might be. I love it so much. I know everything about it. No, but uh, it's very pocketable. You know, it, it the lens goes inside and, you know, it's flat. So you're going to bring it with you. It's just like with your phone. And okay, so you don't even need a regular camera or a camera at all. With your smartphone, you could take photos and just document life around you. And you'd be surprised. You know, okay, so we're photographers. This is why people are listening to this show. Right. And so think about what in your life you could document. Just give it a try. You might like it. You might be like, this is horrible. I don't want to do this. I want to go shoot a football game instead. I want to go to Bryce Canyon or whatever. Go shoot that stuff that everyone shot before rather than stuff people haven't seen before around my life. That's the point here is that you've got things in your life that you can document that others don't get to see. And that's what tying it back to the flight attendants. You know, they documented life in their job and it's really cool. They did a great job and the lighting's beautiful. Yeah. I don't think they added any light, did they? Or maybe just, you know, it's it's just the lighting in the cabin and stuff. And, you know, there's in the, in airplanes these days, they've got some really cool lighting. Yeah. Some of them like, um, uh, not Alaska, Iceland air, they make the top of the cabin 
it looks like uh, northern lights like it, it dims blue and then it has green wavy lights going through it's it's brilliant and you know great on them that that's their brand they know that a lot of people fly to iceland solely so yeah. they can see the aurora but yeah i mean you bring up a good point like the electrician or something you know who that to me is is worth kind of the world has enough sunset shots and stuff and i think what we're lacking in this industry right now where people are sharing uh, almost compulsively they're sharing they're sharing without any sort of substance there's no like there's no thread that's tying their photos together so like where you go to again let's go to instagram and you go to someone's wall their feet and you just look and they're all these disjointed photos they're they may be beautiful photos, but they're totally disjointed. So it, it's hard to, to tell me what kind of photographer you are in that respect. And that's something I'm guilty of, too. You know, I whereas I've seen other photographers who use their wall brilliantly to kind of weave a certain consistent story. A lot. Most people don't. They're just like, OK, I need to post, like you said, you know, may, maybe not a 365, but I need to post to Instagram every day which I guess is a 365, not because they have something to share or, you know, there's really something there. It's more just to, to fill a certain, I don't want to call it a psychosis, but I need to share today. I need to share today. Question. Um, yeah. In a leap year, do people do 366s? I think they fail if they don't. Can you imagine you go through all 365 and then you find out, oh, there's an extra day. Damn you, February. I think that's, that's just, <laughs> that's poor research. Exactly. <laughs> you didn't do your job. So, you know, that's kind of something that I want to, you know, put on myself as well as to be able to tell deeper stories with, because I, I love to write. I really enjoy writing. And most of the times I, back in before social media was big, when blogs were big, not that they're not big now, but when they were like the thing to do, I did 360, I did 365 for almost two years straight. And it was, I, I, I mean, that's a, that could be an entirely different topic, but that brought about at, at the right i was doing it at the right time on the right medium where it brought about a lot of opportunities for me because i was constantly putting myself out there and it was focused it wasn't just a photo every day i i at the time i wanted to focus on like hdr stuff and so there was a, a very very clear theme where i also married the photo to writing what were you i'm sorry what were you using for that photomatics pro back then or yeah. Oh, yeah. Photomatics Pro um, HDR soft. That was, I mean, at the time, that was bef well before Lightroom integrated it and, you know, Photoshop integrated it. And Aurora HDR, which is amazing. Well before then. Well, yeah. yeah. Well before well, that. year, like a decade ago. That, so that was obviously when, when Trey Ratcliffe came onto the scene and he released his... Stuck in Customs. Well, not Stuck in Customs, but he had a free HDR guide. Um, I can't remember if it was a video or a book. And, and so I was like, oh, that, this is a good idea. So what I did was he, he focused more on just the processing. So I, I actually created my own. It was a three-part thing. It was just a blog. It was just blog posts, but three really in-depth blog posts of the workflow, like the in-camera setup to get brackets and then the, the, ma the file management of it and then the actual tone mapping and stylization. That was it. it. was right now. I mean, these days, HDR is one of those kind of passe things, right? Like it's built in. When it makes it into the Apple camera app, you know that it's become kind of like it's a passe thing. And what I'm really happy about, though, and this is what I've been saying from day one about HDR, is that HDR is a utility. It's not a stylization technique. And so it's there to fix, right? Your camera can't capture enough tonal range in a single photo, so it brackets and it combines. That's what it's supposed to do. So you have the garish looking, horrible HDR, in my opinion, that just looks like, you know, crazy. It's surrealistic. It, it's unnatural and then you've got tone mapping right 
Yep. And so the ability to uh, bring together multiple exposures to get more dynamic range. And I think on Nikons, you can do like nine of them, which is crazy. And some cameras you can only do like I think on Canons, you can only do like what, four or five or something. It's just it, it seems unreasonable that you can't do nine. Yeah. To be able to get the whole range. I think you can even do more of a range than that. And then you can do it manually, of course, too. But um, the, the really out of control HDR, in my opinion, that ship has kind of sailed. I think a lot of people have kind of moved on from that and they realize that you need something a little bit more that's what your eye sees and use HDR to capture more of that tonal range instead of looking something that looks like it was shot at a fun house at a carnival or something. <laughs> well, you're higher in LSD. <laughs> it, it's, it's out of control sometimes. And if that's what people enjoy, that's fine. I just it, it's just oh, it's overdone. Yes, when when the whole concept of HDR came out, especially with forget about the photographers. Now let's just look at the kind of general consumer, or not even the consumer, but just just the lay person who's looking at photos. Regardless of what the photographers thought, and in which case most of them thought this is absolutely garish and I can't look at this, the lay person loved it, absolutely loved it. And at the end of the day, if you're someone like I don't know Trey or whoever, and you have business sense you look at who your audience is or you know who your potential audience is and there are far more kind of general kind of hobbyist photographers hobbyist kind of picture takers who just clamor for that look versus the more i guess seasoned photographer who or the more discerning photographer who hates it so it was a smart thing to kind of cater to it but i agree with you 100 percent. i think we have kind of evolved or, or, or moved towards it being more of a utility it's not to say that people still don't ruin their photos by cranking their sliders to 100, but it's not so much done during the tone mapping phase. Absolutely. I think people have realized I've done that before. I made things look crazy. Now I'm sick of it. So now it's I want something more. And we're getting more and more of that in our cameras, the ability to shoot a higher dynamic range. And hopefully, eventually, it'll just everything will be great in our world. So it's yeah. those darn sensors. They need to come further. So, Yeah, and, and they are. I mean, they, they really... It's, it is amazing, and I'm excited because um, Apple announced their event, their next iPhone event, and I am excited to see what, hopefully, what, what new camera technologies are going to be baked in. Well, there's going to be augmented reality. Robert AR. Scoble, the tech journalist, has been talking about it like crazy. That, I mean, if you've seen some of the previews of that stuff, it's insane. That's where, I've talked about this before, virtual reality. We don't want to get, we've gotten so off topic. That's okay. We're going to cover a lot of things here on the show. Virtual reality is so limited. It's like HDR. You don't want to put some glasses on and live in this fake computer generated world all day. We're humans. We're not machines. You know, we don't want it. That's not what the world you want. Personally, I want the ability to take my phone or whatever device I have and have it extend my world. But, you know, you've got overlays and you've had this for a while in some apps on the iPhone where you could hold and it just used GPS and such. And you'd hold up your phone and it would be like, oh, over here is P.F. Chang's. Over here is McDonald's. Yep. You know, you can click and get to their menu. It's, I think that might have been in Yelp. You know, there's that little viewer kind of thing. Yeah, the monocle. Exactly. And we've had like photo pills, which is I've had that app for forever, even though I don't yep. do astrophotography. You know, you got the ability to, to move it around in your world and see where the Milky Way is. You know, where's the galactic center, everything. And we're, more of that is coming. Can you say galactic center again? Galactic Center. Why? Because I love it. Okay, it's not a place you go to. You don't go to the Galactic Center. Is that like the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop is the Galactic Center? It could be. I don't know. What, what's so funny about Galactic Center? I just, I, I was listening to you and then I heard the word Galactic Center and I was like, 
I want to go to the Galactic Center. Sharky knows some big terms. Galactic <laughs> Center. I, I like it. <laughs> um, augmented reality for photographers has has definitely come a long way, and we're going to start to see more. I just hope it doesn't. I don't know. I want it to be. I I, I can't wait for that next breakthrough for uh, mobile photography. I'm not sure we're quite there yet. For me, I always kind of wished that light field technology, basically Lytro. The problem with Lytro is that they really they try to enter into kind of a consumer market way prematurely. You remember Lytro? Yeah. So Lytro, yeah. It, it, the original Lytro was this like rectangular cube. It looked like a tube of lipstick. But a rectangle. Yeah, a rectangle one. Yeah, because I was like, rectangular cube, does, does that work? L- let's say it does. Okay, fine. For for purpose of the show, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Move along. Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. It would take a photo, and it would use a, a various sensors and mirrors. And after you took the photo, depending on whether it was arranged properly or not, you can re you can choose your point of focus after the fact. So let's say you're like, oh, you know what? I actually didn't want to focus on the thing in the foreground. I wanted to focus on the thing in the middle ground or the background. I'm a horrible photographer. I can't choose. I want to be able to choose later. Capture everything for me and just I'll think it's stupid. No, no, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Like what, what if it has nothing to do with like oh, your you just miss focus by a little bit. Your focal, your plane of focus is just slightly off. So, well, that's where in the future that'd be great. And we're going to have that in our cameras, but Lytro was way too early with this yes. thing. It was expensive. You had to shoot properly. You had to have something in the foreground. You had to yes. have, you had to set up some depth to it. Right. Otherwise it, it was pointless. Right. Completely pointless, overpriced. And they ended up seeing that and went a completely different direction. But I can see Apple like, you know, they did. They they did completely abandon. They did a second version, which was even more expensive of the camera. But I would love to see that kind of technology make its way into an iPhone where, I mean, you're seeing it very, very lightly with like their portrait mode, which is doing this like auto masking. So it's simulating depth. Computational photography. There you go. Exactly. And that's something I can't, I cannot wait for. There's only so much you can do, though, with these tiny sensors. And these tiny lenses. What I want to see is optical zoom in, in smartphones rather than digital zoom. Yeah, optical zoom. You could you could move you know a couple lens elements and and make that happen. There's I think there's enough yeah. room to do that. Even if you don't get a, you're not going to have a super zoom, but at least you'd have something. I, I've got an iPhone six plus. It's aging now. It's almost three years old. It takes great photos, and a lot of times you know you you go with the camera that's on you right sure chase jarvis say you know you the the best camera is the one they have with you and a lot of times you know that's good enough we're image makers it doesn't matter you know there's a lot of snobs out there think you have to use an actual camera it has to be a dslr has to be heavy and expensive or you're not a (laughs) photographer that's ridiculous we'll get that we're gonna get that in another show sure we'll tackle that topic right there yeah i i i mean i i just think it's those are that that argument's made by kind of the old guard of, of photographers who are not willing to evolve and are literally going to die out as sad as it sounds. But um, the cranky film guys, as I talk about on the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, exactly. They moved over to digital and they're like, well, I made the change. Don't change this? too much on me and get off my yeah. lawn. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know what? That's fine. They, they can, uh, they don't phase me whatsoever, but the computational photography stuff having a zoom lens i mean i you know apple this this iphone 7 plus you know it has two lenses 
and that's as close right now as you'll get to optical zoom where you're not actually zooming you're 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 just switching you're switching from one <laughs> to the other um but yeah hey, look you, i zoomed <laughs> no i didn't well i kind of did yeah i mean that's kind of yeah yeah anyway so what i want to i wanted to ask you something you um what are your thoughts on on ambassador programs i should ask you that because you've actually been in them and are i'm not no one's asked me yet you know, uh, Fujifilm's not like, hey, we got to have that Sharky James guy. We need him. Why? This is even better than why. Do, like, do, why do you, would you want to be a part of an ambassador program? It's a, it's a status thing, right? It's, a, it's validation as a photographer. You can deny it all you want. But if <laughs> Sony or Fujifilm comes to you and says, we would like you to be in our ambassador program, you're going to get a discount on gear. You're going to be one of 20 or 30 people in the world or in the United States or whatever, depending. And they have various you know, numbers, uh, depending on where you are, etc. You know, you're going to go speak at events. You're going to be in the magazines. You're going to be in like, you know, alphauniverse.com is where the, the Sony artisans have articles. And I think you've, you were a Sony artisan before you had articles there, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Yep. And so it's a status thing. It's part of your brand. It's part of your... I talk about this on my show. Look, here I am. We're like 20-something minutes into the show, and we haven't mentioned the Petapixel Photography Podcast. So I'm going to do that right now. And I just did. So (laughs) (laughs) everyone has a brand these days. Uh, You're you're a mom and you have a brand. Everyone has a brand. And as photographers, whether you're in business or not, you have a brand. What do you stand for? What is your photography about? What do you want to convey to people? So I'm a former photojournalist. My brand then, I was my identity was all about being a photojournalist. And now, you know, I'm a photography podcaster, right? So the Petapixel Photography Podcast is one of the most listened to out there. This show that you're listening to now, the No Name Photo Show, has quickly become one of the most listened to, which is crazy. Right. And and so and so that's great. And 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 so we're blessed. We're not no one's crying for us. We're not going to be complaining. But we've got personal brands. And if Sony or someone comes to you and wants you to be part of that, that only helps you, I think. I don't think there's there's many downsides. You might, you know, just talking to various, I'm not going to mention a specific brand, but various brand ambassadors from all the different companies. Some are happy with their arrangement. Some are slightly disgruntled, let's say. Um, some people get more attention. Okay, let's just, for instance, I'm not mentioning who's saying what or whatever, but look at Jason Lanier from Sony. He gets okay. a lot of attention because he puts himself out there. Correct. He's loud. He's proud. He does his thing, right? And then there's other people that are so mild-mannered, you never hear about them. They're quiet. They're just quietly. They got their head down. They're doing their thing. And it's not a knock against them. And this is what these programs do. Everyone has uh, their different types. So Sony picks a guy like Jason Lanier, who's more out there and not controversial, but he's edgy. And then you've got uh, people like my friend, Paul Giroux, who's actually one of the reasons why I started the Petapixel Photography Podcast. Listen to episode one. You can hear the whole story on that. And he's more of the mild manner type. He's a former photojournalist. He does solid work. He gets the job done. But he's not out there like Jason Lanier, you know, making waves and such. He's doing his own thing. And there's so many different types. you know. And then you've got the different... Uh, they probably wouldn't necessarily say it this way. And it might be a little controversial, but you've got artisans and such that appeal to different segments of society. So you've got males and females, of course. 
you've got Latinos, you've got African Americans or African whatever, right? So you've got sure. they don't talk about that, but this is fact. So it's kind fact. of like like a quota. I, I wouldn't call it a quota, and I don't think they necessarily. I hope they don't. I hope they don't really think of it that way. I don't think but, they do. But I think they listen. What is their what is Sony's and Fujifilm's and Canon's and Nikon's goal to sell stuff? And so Absolutely. they know that there's going to be some people who. A, a Latino voice will resonate with them. A white guy will resonate them. A black woman will resonate with them. Whatever. You sure. know? And I'm not racist. I've got two brown kids. So oh. we're far from racist. <laughs> so, you know, but, but you talk about these things and people freak out. They do. You know, like every time when every time I, I, I see my uh, black friends, we always talk about this stuff. I'm like, you know, black things or white things like it's no big deal because it really shouldn't be as long as you're not a racist. And, right. you know, it's, it's, if it's in good fun and you're not making off color, off color, how about that? Jokes and such. Sharky. I think everything's good. That was what? two dad jokes. Well, I don't know if that was a dad joke, but that was, that was a pretty, pretty. Off color was a dad joke? That was kind of like if, the pun. If it's a pun, like if it's really a pun. Kinda, I'm very punny. But yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, <laughs> the, all the. Great, wonderful. Yeah, I know. He's cracking up. You got to watch the video. So, but everyone, they write. I mean, have you thought about this before? The Sony artisans, there's, there's a, a type. For um, everybody, for every segment of society, mostly, and I don't think they necessarily think that way a hundred percent, but there is. If the, if anything, I, I I might have thought somewhat different that there wasn't enough diversity, and and I think that's historically true with most ambassador programs in this industry because photography is very male dominated. You know, even you know, male. I would say white dominated we have uh, a show title ambassador <laughs> programs are racist no i mean i, I just i, I oh, so here's here's what i know like for me i've i've helped build ambassador programs um like when i worked at google i built the suggested user list for the photography you know there were different um classes i guess there's photography you know music all these things so i t- built the 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 um photography one or at on one, we built kind of an ambassador program when I worked there. Um, same thing at, at uh, with Sony. You, you know, um, I didn't. I, I was part of their ambassador program, and, and I'm on their the ambassador program with Zeiss and G Technology. But I always notice that there is this kind of dearth of female photographers who, you know, and I don't know why it is, but there's just something. <sighs> Not biased. I'm not saying biased, but there isn't, I don't think, a good representation. Look, look at the artisans program off the top of my head in terms of females. There's like Vivian Gutzwa, there's um, uh, Katrina Eisman. Katrina Eisman. Uh, oh, Mira Ko. Mira Ko. Uh, Christina Mittemeyer, who is just, she's a Nat Geo photographer, just an amazing photographer. But then you've got like people like Ben Folds, who. I don't know. I, I, when I think of an ambassador program, let's look at like Zeiss. They're a lens maker, right? You know, and the, the for the love of photography type of thing. And so if I meet an ambassador from one of those programs, I want to expect them to be able to just be a, a kind of like a consummate photographer who can just rap with me about photography, but also who understands the product. Why would I be an ambassador for a product that I didn't really know kind of inside and out and really love? 
Are you saying Ben Folds knows nothing about the Sony system? No, I mean, listen, I don't. I just I remember him being an artist, and I was like, what? It seems random, but he might. Obviously, he takes pictures, right? But that was an interesting choice. That was that was definitely thinking outside the box. I guess, yeah. It's just like I don't know. Like I, I think, of course, uh, you know, the company that's creating their ambassador program, they want to have people with. They want to have members who have um, a unique, like you said, and I think that's really important. You know, a unique uh, audience and a, a way to kind of have their own message, but also they want to get in front of as many people as possible and it's kind of you know a good ambassador program should have a um a symbiosis you know both parties get something out of it and that's another thing that i do feel that a lot of ambassador programs aren't quite good at is it's just a mismanagement of what what the company is obligated to do what the ambassador is obligated to do and you start to see what if you hear like like I'll hear what Canon's doing like oh wow that's that's pretty awesome like you kind of it, it could breed some sort of resentment I guess um, but it's funny that you you know like it, it it is interesting not funny but like the, how you're saying how it's a status symbol and, and I genuinely never never looked at it that way how's that possible you never you never <laughs> said I'm a Sony artisan a lot of people would love to be a Sony artisan um. You think differently than most people, because I think most people would have been like, "I have made it, I have been anointed." Well, it's funny because I, 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 when I when I was an artist, I'm not an artist anymore. I I, I um, left the program. People would always ask, "How do I become one?" Like I'd get emails, like cold emails, out of people, like, "How do I become an artist?" And like, what? And, and and I I don't know why they want to. Like like you answered it, I think correctly. And and someone like like Cole like my buddy Colby Brown he he him and I would talk about this a lot a while back and his the way he approaches it is that listen like you said we have our own brands and if you want to take it to the next level you know a brand is a business and all the administrative stuff aside your job as the kind of your own brand ambassador is to get yourself out there in front of as many people as possible. Like that may not be of interest to 98% of photographers out there, but if you want to be kind of like a, I guess, professional photographer, a working photographer, you need to get out there. And what Colby says is like, listen, I, I know how to make that relationship, that ambassador relationship work. Meaning he knows how to maximize Sony's reach to benefit him. And then in return, he does the same, you know, he maximizes his own audience reach to benefit Sony. Yeah. And that is where an ambassador program works out best. In my opinion, we should talk about like what the ambassadors do. Cause like, I know just from paying attention and I've got, it seems like I've got a lot of Sony ambassador friends. I don't know why I get along with the Sony people really well. And they go and they train like at Best Buy, they go train the Best Buy employees and such on the Sony system what what does an ambassador get out of the deal? Side okay, so they get a percentage discount, which we can't talk about how much, or maybe we know, maybe we don't know how much. People people assume you get free gear. That's we should cover that. You they assume you get free gear, and largely you do not. You get access to it, but you don't. It's not like here's an A nine. None of the Sony artisans, as far as I know, got an A nine. I mean, it really depends, and part of the usually part of the agreement that you sign in any good ambassador program, there will be an agreement like a contract. Um, since you can't, you're not supposed to talk about that stuff, but 
of course you i think it's safe to to kind of make that that leap that there there is either um a discount applied or free gear um or in some cases um early access to gear you know those kinds of things uh do do they that's on the where the the ambassador benefits from and not all ambassadors have the same deal i don't think so actually i think just based on what people have told me over the past few years they do not yeah you know it's not i don't know how 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 different it, it would vary um from person to person but yeah i do think that there is um definitely variance and and in a way why shouldn't there be right i mean if 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 you're like i don't know chris burkhardt who's millions of followers versus i don't know someone else who doesn't have any followers um but you're both ambassadors and you both kind of have bring your own value to the program you know then i the way i see it the way that i approach if i do have an ambassador opportunity i approach it for myself i don't really care what other ambassadors get that's none of my business and just like what i get is none of their business um but so can you talk about like what you and we're going a little long on the show. So what do you what do you do for Zeiss? What do you do for G Technology? Yeah, I mean, so for for Zeiss, um, Zeiss is probably the, in my opinion, the the best kind of example of how a functional ambassador program. And I also think that it's one of the best. And I'm not just saying it obviously. Like, for example, um, they brought me out to to Germany to their um, headquarters. They're like world headquarters, and we got to me and uh, Greg Waterman, who's um, he's you know Pitbull, the the music the music yes. artist. He's his like official photographer. Greg's freaking awesome. I love Greg Waterman. Um, the two of us were out there in Germany and got to like see and document. Like we met the people who were making lenses. They were they were they were molding and 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 shaping the the optical lenses like by hand. That's why Zeiss are pricey. Yes. And they're and, worth it. Well, you could, right next to there was a box filled with discarded lenses. We actually got to take some home. Like they were defective, you know, not up to quality. But we got, we went into the, uh, the, the clean room. You know, we had to put on the bunny suits and stuff. So, you know, we did that. Um, also, I'm picturing you with ears now. I know that's not part of the bunny suit, but. It's kind of a bummer because there we weren't allowed to document anything. No, I didn't have it. <laughs> it didn't have it. Oh, you, you just got it. It didn't, did it have a nice fuzzy tail too? Does your bunny suit have a nice fuzzy puffy tail? For, for you, Sharky, it did. That's a little weird. All right, move on. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, um, we got to do that. Um, we, um, we get opportunities like uh, to meet and speak with product, the, the product managers to talk about roadmaps and opinions and I, I i won't go into the details but we had we were talking about lenses that w- like i mean down the line um weren't coming out and actually our input was was making a difference like it was actually like being considered so so there's that there's there's um you know if i need like i have i shoot mostly with zeiss lenses because and and that's the thing here's here's a, a, a point i really want to make i didn't become a, a zeiss ambassador and then started shooting zeiss i didn't um become a sony artist and, and then start shooting sony i w- was using those products well before 
I was any sort of ambassador to them where I knew them inside and out. You know, I made a whole big deal about switching to mirrorless uh, from Canon and because I had an audience and I was very, very vocal about it, I got on their radar and I think how did it with Sony was, oh yeah, it was a, like a WPPI expo or photo plus. I, they had a booth there and I, I'm the product marketing manager was there and she and I chatted and, and you said, how do I become an artisan? I'm, I'm just no. going to skip the email. I'm going to ask you right here. <laughs> no, we were just chatting about stuff. And I told oh, because I just told her. I really her, want artisan after my name, please. Yeah, please. Uh, like Esquire. <laughs> 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 well, anyway, but yeah, you get, you know, like some, some art, uh, some ambassador programs have, um, uh, there's a sponsorship, which is becoming, um, less and less where you're just paid. Mostly it's a, in a, you know, gear for exposure or gear for content. So I create content for, for Zeiss all the time. Some of it actually, you know, if it's more, um, if it's going to be used in magazines and stuff that, that'll command a certain price beyond just the ambassador program. Um, but these are things that, you know, those are things that just kind of, you, you work out on your own. You, you have to show the company, you have to prove why, you know, the value you bring to the company. And, and the great thing is with some of these companies, if they, if they have smart marketing managers, you as the end, the individual, the ambassador don't necessarily even need a huge audience built in. Like, like you were saying, Sharky, um, some artisans don't have as big of an audience because what the, the company will do is if, as long as you can create good content, that company usually has like Zeiss, Sony, they have massive audiences already. So, but they may not have the content and the content is always king more than anything. So if you can just create content for them and let them just syndicate it, that's also worth gold. It's a value proposition kind of thing. Some people are going to bring an audience with them and bring that to the brand. Other people are going to get the audience in exchange for the amazing work that they do. So it's yes. like Sony's discovered you and it's like, it really is like being anointed. It's like you, we have chosen you. You're the chosen one. Yeah. But you know, with, with any of these things, like you have to consider like some, some ambassador programs have a built in exclusivity. So if you want to, if you are, I don't know, you shoot Sony and Canon, well, you're going to have to make a decision type of thing. And, and in a way that kind of makes sense. Well, yeah. Cause it looks weird to the audience. Now, I'm not sponsored by anybody. I own Sony, Nikon, Fujifilm gear. I talked about getting rid of my Nikon gear. Now I'm like, do I really want to do that? The D850 looks awesome. I don't know. I'm all over the place. Yeah, I mean, the D850 does look interesting. The D850 looks awesome. It just yeah. does. Nikon does this. I mentioned this on my show. They come out with these cameras that break the pattern. The D700, which I love and will never sell. I had that during my photojournalism career. was basically a D3, but $4,000 cheaper. Same yeah. sensor, same everything, basically, except for grip and some other things. Less robust, but still pretty darn awesome. And then you've got like the D750, awesome camera. The D500, which I have, and I keep saying I'm going to sell, and maybe I might keep now. I don't know. Is another pattern breaker. It's an unbelievable camera. And then you got the D850. A lot of megapixels. It can shoot sports. It, they, Nikon tends to do this and they need to because they need to raise some cash, of course, and oh, catch up with the time. others big time. We've been talking about it for years and that camera is going to help and they're sold out and it's hard to get. But 
Anyways, we're going we're going long. Do you want to get to gear? Or are you going to want to wrap up the the yeah. ambassador stuff? There's we there's so much we could talk about with ambassador programs. We'll probably hit it again too because there's there's a lot to it. And we should have some ambassadors from different programs on the show. Yeah. What percentage do you get? Oh, you can't answer. <laughs> we'll yeah. just grill them. What per- <laughs> yeah. did have you gotten free gear before? Oh yeah, and, and I'll say that too. You know, like I have. Of, of course, I've gotten free gear. Um. Yeah, that's that's that should just be kind of assumed if you're part of an ambassador program. It happens. I get free stuff too. You got to pay taxes on it though. That's the, that's why you got to be careful yes. what you, what you what you accept because like, do I really want that? It's like I was telling my my son yesterday. If somebody offered me a car company, which is not going to happen, a rust orange whatever, I don't want it. Well, yeah, that's what I remember with Oprah <laughs> when she gave everyone those free cars. Like all of a sudden, people are like, "Oh man, I have to pay taxes on this thing now." Exactly. It's like being on a game show. So you got to be careful what you what you uh, accept and you got to pay your taxes on it. It's be- Hey, it's still going to be cheaper than buying it. Sure. You want to get into gear? Yeah, let's do gear. Let's do our gear picks. Well, my gear pick, talk about rolling into gear, is the Fujifilm X-T2. Nicole was just, wait, no, X-T2. She was talking about the X-T20 or something. Yeah. She's got the X-T20, right? Or no, she and also the has two. The She's got the two. Yeah. I love the X-T2. So, yep. and it's a great camera. It's, you know, it reminds me, listen, I grew up shooting film. So it reminds me of film cameras that I had back in the day, you know, like a Nikon FM2 and, and my old Canon T70 and A1, that sort of thing. Um, it's just, it's a more tactile kind of camera. I love, whenever, whenever I pick up my Nikon D500, I'm like, oh, this feels really good. The Nikons feel really good in my hands. But, and this doesn't as much, but that's okay. I love it. It's got a lot of buttons and dials on it. I mean, it's got a dedicated ISO dial. It's got a dedicated shutter speed dial. It's got a dedicated exposure compensation dial. And I like that. But it's just, it's nice. It's nice to go back to something that's familiar from a long time ago. And it's, it's more of like a nostalgic kind of thing. It's, it's, you know what I'm saying? I just, I like it. Nicole, this is exactly why Nicole um, shoots. Well, not exactly the only reason, but um, she, chose fuji i was trying to get her to shoot sony and um the thing that she loves about her fuji the with her like xt2 she had the xt1 as well was um the the that, that feeling that that the, there is a you can quantify or maybe qualify there is a certain feeling of when you hold a certain camera that you know especially for for those of us who have shot you know film like I started with a, a Canon AE one, um, and then like a Pentax K one thousand. The the having those dials, those 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 tactile dials for your your shutter speed, your ISO or your ASA. Um, she just loves it. For me, I don't care as much. You know, for me, um, I just kind of got used to the Sony stuff, but. That is why. I mean, and she's she's running. So I totally get what you're saying. It makes you think about what you're doing because you have to actually move a dial. It's like, what do I what do I really want to do? And I I just I I love it. It, It's great. And, it you know, it's depending on what you set it in. It's like an aperture priority or a shutter priority mode. And it's just I don't know. It's a fun camera. It's 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 fun. Cool. But enough of that. So let's get on your on your pick. My pick is um, the it's by DJI. They make drones, but this is the Osmo Mobile, which is a gimbal made for um, smartphones. And you basically just, you know, you can 
you slide your phone into the gimbal head and then you turn it on and it's pretty much balanced for most modern phones. And the reason why I love it is because we were, we were talking about earlier, you know, mobile and mobile photography. There's just something, this is when I, when I record a lot of B roll stuff, um, I I'm using this because it's just so small. It's just kind of like a, you know, a handheld kind of pistol grip and you can, you get just this really nice fluid movement um, that I can't get when I'm holding the, the phone, you know, sideways in my hands. It just kind of, it compensates for any little jerky motions. And it also kind of, um, uh, like if you pan or tilt, it does it very smoothly. So jerky motions, jerky motions. I was just picturing a lot of jerky motions. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So that's my pick. It's a DJI Osmo Mobile. It's been around for a while. Um, you know, gimbals, mobile gimbals are kind of like the big thing. They've been kind of big for a while, but um, of, I, I used a few of them. And the one by DJI, I, th- I think, is the most polished. And it's really cool because the app, there's an iOS and Android app that I use called um, Filmic Pro, which if you're, if you're into recording video on your smartphone, like, you know, 4K video or, or, or um, 1080p video, I highly recommend downloading Filmic Pro. Um, and it has built-in support. The app has built-in support for the Osmo Mobile. So you can actually just use that app and control everything from within there. It's really slick. Awesome. Yeah. Good pick. Good Thanks. show, I think. I think we did. I think this is our best show yet. We only have three to choose from, but I think this is the best one. We, so we have gotten better. Yeah, it was tight. I like it. <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Cool. Do we do a, a clap? Like, how do we do it? I don't know. You just like. Uh, well, I know. Just that take us out. We'll, we'll be talking, <laughs> and all of a sudden, the outro music will start playing over. So, <laughs> thanks so much for listening to the No Name Photo Show. Sharky and I would be thrilled if you would subscribe in whatever podcast app you're using and tell a friend. So how about we do this again in the next episode? Yeah, let's do that. Thank you.